Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn back. Yeah! Welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative Intellectual Idiots Fostering Political and Cultural Literacy. For now. I did it for you, Corey. <laughs> for now. I beat you to it. You have, be more, you have to be more ominous about it. For now, wink. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah? Bell the, bell the body snatcher. Oh, yeah? the Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Can I introduce this show ever cleanly? Started it. <laughs> bell the body snatcher are the ones and twos. He is always as Corey Walsh. He's Dan Griffin. This is Libservative, and I think we've got like a more fun show today i think i think that's gonna be uh important dan whenever uh, i'm in your company i'm always having fun bell just said breaking one hour ago in the private chat that there's a biden impeachment inquiry mm-hmm. uh, that's going to is, is am i understand this is going to a house vote bell i'm bringing you in the house already approved the vote oh gotcha sorry i was and, uh, too busy pushing pushing too, forward with it too busy prepping for the show not surprising um this didn't we call this when like Trump was impeached like the second time? This is just what these political parties are gonna fucking do. They're just gonna keep impeaching each other. Ever they're gonna find reasons to impeach each other, and it's it's just a joke. I don't take it seriously, Isn't not that because just peachy. It's impeachy. I don't I don't take it seriously, not because I don't even I I don't even know whether or not you know Joe Biden should be impeached. I don't really have an opinion on it because it's it's at the point where it's just like they're just going to find reasons to impeach each other anyway, which is why both of these parties suck. Which you is read what, all the articles it all, on it, huh? I'll just say you read all the articles on it, and they're still looking for something. I don't okay. even know how Fair they enough. pass how they voted on this. It's they're still looking for something. Well, with, what uh, with Biden? You mean? Yeah. Well, so if you want to add a little bit of context. Uh, they've been trying to look into the Hunter Biden thing sure. and they've been trying their damnedest to try to make connections between the Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden thing, which I mean, there's whispers and like there's loose connections to uh, whether or not Hunter Biden or Joe Biden were using their name and their positions of power for personal gain. And the reason why the impeachment is happening is kind of because if I, if I remember correctly, the actual Biden administration kind of dared them to do it because they kept trying to like do subpoenas and do these different things to get information on whether or not this stuff was happening. And the Biden administration and Bell, go ahead and look this up and correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the Biden administration was kind of stonewalling them and said, you don't have enough like legs to run on to do this. But an impeachment inquiry inquiry would give them enough like legs to actually start opening more 
books and diving deeper into different little things and stuff like that to see if the the Biden family is corrupt. Which shocker. And and once and once again, like even even like let's just let's just go ahead and assume that a Republican House is actually going to impeach Joe Biden. Let's just assume that's what's coming. Um, yeah. Not gonna get it convicted. Is. He's not gonna be. He's not gonna get thrown out of office. Like it, it, like it's just so predictable. It's so it's so symbolic. And you're at you're at a point now where it's like, why don't you just focus on beating the guy? Like it's it's almost the same thing we told Democrats because they're going. More, to, they know that. Well, I guess that's true. I get that is that is true. That's actually more that's more of a given than than it was with uh, with with Biden and Trump, I suppose, in 2020. So that's a fair point, but it's just like I I'm sorry, man. I just don't the rumble care. in the jungle. Biden like, beat Trump redux. Well, see Both the thing is the th- parties just keep showing their asses. Go for it, Bill. My my whole thing about it is I don't like Joe Biden. Not many people like Joe Biden, but well thirty two Republicans. The Republic Right. Well, the Republicans and people that don't like him have mucked all of this up with so much bullshit that you don't even know what to even think would would be wrong or whoa. actually wrong. Whoa! And, you mean like the Democrats? I mean like the whole did? Hunter thing, and then you got like, the, yeah. I mean, there's it's, they just it's chase, so much. They just chase. They just chase every rabbit down every hole. Right. It's just, it, How do you care at this know. point? Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Yeah, Biden, that's, that's for you. Don't get bogged down do, by the haters. That's George direct, Santos telling you. Direct uh, thing for Joe. Anyway, shall we uh shall we tell the people where they can find us, Corey, and then we'll actually get started with this uh listing ship of an episode. Live Sertive Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservative We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, Instagram and Twitter at Libservative Pod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Oh. Before the name is different. Mm, yeah. Well, you'll still be able to subscribe. It'll be okay. What did we learn in school this week, Corey? I'm going to tell you what I learned this week. I learned that manufacturers of stainless steel appliances are fucking sadists. They are absolute horrible people that need to rethink the way that they do their manufacturing process. Go fuck yourself. Yes, thank you, I didn't you, do Elon. that. Did you do that? Yes, yes, thank you, Elon. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I wasn't uh, pushing the buttons. <laughs> just, let, just let it be. Just let it be. Sorry, don't, I'm don't, sorry. I didn't mean to ruin your joke. Don't break the fourth wall, Corey. I did, you just broke your intention. <laughs> just stop, stop. Start over. Start from the top. No, go sadists. fuck yourself. <laughs> sadists, sadists are uh, the uh, stainless steel appliance manufacturer. Do you know why this is, Corey? Do you have any idea why I would say this? Oh man! So stainless steel is basically steel. I think it's. Uh, I think. I don't think you're gonna guess it. I don't think. No, you're but I know that stainless steel. steel there's a whole nother aspect to the manufacture of it and i think they because stainless steel is not magnetic because they add not aluminum i forget what they add to it but i'm assuming it has something to do with probably like kids or some sort of minority group or some sort of group being exploited not even close that is not even close go ahead go ahead belt can you guess what makes them sadists it's because the market is monopolized and 
they can all laugh as they upcharge everybody. <laughs> you guys, you guys are giving me way too much credit. This only has to do with <laughs> this. Is, this is, it only has to do with how it affected me. Are you familiar with how how the uh, <laughs> stainless steel appliances are protected for transit? Yeah, they put that fucking blue sticker shit all over it. Oh yeah, and it is yeah, impossible yeah. to get off in one piece. We Marissa and I sat there. We I, we got a range hood with like with like this the 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 washable filters on it. We spent, I swear to God, between the two of us, probably three hours peeling off this blue shit from every like individual line of the filter. No, use a little bit of olive oil, dude. We tried a million things. I tried heat. I tried blades. I tried oil. I tried everything. Oh, you did try the oil? Yes. Like so, there was like two different types of it right so like there was like a thicker stuff that was a lot easier to get off but for some reason the stuff that was on the filter was like really thin and every time you would grab it it would it would rip a little piece of it would rip a little piece would rip and so you're peeling it off in like one inch segments is that why people just leave it on they're like fuck this it is awful it is they've got to find a better way to protect stainless steel for transit otherwise jesus like 10 years ago now uh, there was a point like when I was at a real low point in life where like when I broke my elbow and to help make ends meet, I was actually uh, scrapping and going and picking out things out of people's, uh, I'll just say it, trash uh, to, to, refab, <laughs> to refab things and do things like that to make some cash. And one time I found a stainless steel microwave in the garbage and it worked great. Well, it worked great enough for me because the way I tested it was put an ice cube in the microwave and just put it on for 30 seconds and see if it melted, you know, and it worked great. So I turned around and just sold it on uh, Marketplace and Craigslist for 50 bucks, but it had the blue on it still. And I was like, how the hell do these people still leave the blue on their stainless steel microwave? And now, now you know, why. getting a little bit of context. Now, you know why? Why do they you think they would put something padded on it? I mean, why do they put just a little blue film on it? You can't be worried about a stain. Because it's stainless. Right. (laughs) I don't know, man. I don't know, man. But all I know is never again. (laughs) You're you're, you're going back to just... Oh, God. uh, When did I do that? On uh, Monday the 11th, uh, 12-12-2023, never forget. (laughs) What did you learn in school this week, Corey? You want to know what I learned? Yeah. You want to know what I learned, Dan? You want to know what you learned? Shitty polarized policy ultimately leads to hypocrisy. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about right now all of these different deans that are have their heads on stakes at the different elitist colleges. Oh, yes. And yes, I was thinking good. that if all these elitist colleges didn't cater to kids with safe spaces with verbiage like microaggressions, hate speech, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Would there be any leg to stand on with this new form of protest regarding the Jewish people in Israel? Like the language is terrible. Don't get me wrong, but the, the double standard is what seems everyone seems to be pissed off about because bring us back a couple of years, you know, to like, like the George Floyd when he was murdered by police. And all these different things that happen when all of a sudden, uh, like, you know, you look at the book, like Coddling of the American Mind. And all of these schools were catering so hard 
to make sure that these kids who were giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars felt like they were in, you know, the coin term safe space and that they were like heavily attacking anything that was anywhere near hate speech to where they were letting the kids protest out there when Ben Shapiro shows up pointing at the crowd when you were talking was a microaggression, all of these different wild shit that was happening to where now fast forward, you know, six, seven years later, and you have a bunch of those kids uh, out there literally calling for the genocide of Jewish people in Israel. Uh, what is it called? An infantata or in a, uh, not an infantata, but a, uh, I think, you know, the word I'm looking for, you know, you know, the thing, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, Jack. Uh, but so oh, I guess what I'm saying Corvette. is, <laughs> yeah, that guy, uh, but they put themselves in this position of walking on eggshells. You're talking either. about intifada, I think is the intifada. Word yeah. These colleges put themselves in this weird little box where they're walking on eggshells to the point that they didn't want to offend the students on the campus that when they were actually being brought to task and asked if calling for the genocide of Jewish people was considered hate speech under their own policies. And they were just like, ah, oh, oh, yeah, oh, well, oh, it depends did. on the context. And then they were, they literally, they were literally saying that, well, if the speech turns into any sort of like actionable thing, then obviously we care about it. But if they're just saying these things, to where that was like originally the policy before all of this shit happened, which I'm more for. I want kids on school grounds, no matter they think the earth is flat or they're mad with the grievance, any of it, they shouldn't be able to speak their mind without getting put on a blacklist like the Republicans are talking about wanting to do to them. Yeah. But they've made such shitty policy that they've put themselves into a bit of a pretzel to where they can't go against their policy because they might piss off a couple of their students. Well, now all of them, like some of them are getting shit canned and having to resign and stuff to where like, if you didn't put this shitty policy in place in the first place, you might not be in this conundrum that you're in. It's identity politics. Like this is where, this is what identity politics and vague policy, like hate speech gets you. Cause it, it comes back around to what we've been talking about for the longest time. What constitutes hate speech and who decides what that is? Right. And it's not happens. Right. What happens when the other team gains a little bit of power or gains a little bit of cultural clout, like like within with the case of of the Israel-Palestine conflict? Now you're fucked because you you've you've just gotten bit in the ass by your own stupid identity politics policy. Right. Exactly. Because when it comes down to the students in the colleges. And like, you know, like there's their minds are still forming, they're young, and they'd see the world through oppressors and oppressees, right? And in their mind right now, they see the Jewish people as the oppressors. So those mm-hmm. are the ones that they need to see get taken down a rung. I can't remember because it hurts the oppressees, but because the colleges kowtowed to these people, they put themselves in a position to where someone asked. You know, and it was almost like a gotcha question. Like, is this hate speech? Shouldn't you do something about this? And they're like, oh, well, it, it depends on the context, which should have been the answer in the first fucking place during all of this. And no one would have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. 
But because they went so hard to defend these people and protect their little safe spaces under one sect that when the roles got reversed and everyone was pissed, they couldn't, they doubled down instead of saying we were wrong. In a well, Corey, and what's, what's interesting is, is to go ahead and cap that off. Remember, remember when like silence is, remember silence is violence. Yeah. So now you have these, these college presidents because of their stupid, uh, identity politics policy and their stupid, you know, vague hate, quote unquote, hate speech policies. Well, now they're silent because it goes against what such a huge contingent of their student body wants. And that, but then you have the Jewish contingent of these schools going, well, wait a minute. And you have conservatives shouting it from the rooftops as, as rightfully they should. But wait a minute. I thought silence was violence. Right. I mean, so th- yeah, yeah. And that I maybe you, you should have just let it lie. Shitty policy ultimately leads to hypocrisy. That's what I mm-hmm. learned this week. Mm. I love just watching the boomerang go way out into the sky and then it always fucking comes back. The snake eat its own tail. And that, that's not that's not a that's not just a college kid like liberal thing. We no, see it on the right. They, we, we see it on the right as well. I mean, look at look at look at Ben Shapiro so, talking about Dan, how you it's just so said, horrible. Go ahead. So the word you used right there. Is the word that I'm also like trying to really bring home. College kid. It's two words. I was going to say the word kid, but they are in college. Kid. They're fucking kids. And you have adults in charge in those schools. And they should have put their fucking foot down in the first place. But -hmm. because they didn't, because of the fact that colleges make billions of dollars off of these kids, they have to kowtow to them. And now all of a sudden those they're quote because they let holders. Yeah, yeah, basically they're shareholders. But now those same kids are getting them in trouble because now they have to do double speak and they have to do double talk. And they have to go, well, I mean, depends on the context. And everyone's like, well, wait, hold the fuck on, because the Jewish community now is really pissed because they're like, replace that with black people, replace that with trans people. And you are right on board. No, dude, like that's that's a grievance that like the Jewish community has has had for a very long time. And I think I didn't really I didn't really look that much into it or it didn't think have that much wait about until it. now. Right. And then something like like Israel happens and you and like you're really starting to see it. Like if you if you scroll through Twitter or X for, you know, uh, if, if like if you if you type in like whatever the hashtag is, Israel Gaza or whatever, like there is some like legit anti-semitism on there and they what, what what's interesting about that is yeah like just like just like pictures well, of missing people getting ripped down in the colleges like that's fucked up it's fucked no but up. that's not even what i'm talking about i'm talking about like i'm talking about like when when somebody who's pro-palestine comes on and goes you know uh says you know from the river to the sea like to you saying that as the person who's saying that you might not see that as anti-semitic right you might see that as you know, uh, being a, being a freedom fighter for Palestine, but this is the issue that you have. Not everybody fucking sees it that way. Yeah. That was another thing I was like almost leaning towards being the thing I learned this week is, um, activism has turned into bullshit because activists never like the point of activism is to get to, is to get people to see your point of view and to try to change the world and make things better. Right? Now it's just virtue signaling. That's all it is. Activism now is just shouting people down and telling them that they're racist, xenophobes, 
terrible human beings if you don't see it the way they do. Activism is... And I'm is, not sure if that's ever worked on you of someone just calling you a piece of shit if it's changed your point of view, but it hasn't for me. Activism is nothing short of um, selfish virtue signaling. It's all about how it makes the it makes you feel. Like, like, like activism now is 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 because that's deep true. As a, it is as deep as a as a a black puddle in the Walmart parking lot. Like that's there's no depth You're to right. activism in twenty twenty because I was I've been to protests and you go to a protest and you scream it out and you're around a bunch of like-minded people, the next morning it's equivalent to the same feeling to me was equivalent to a very good ego-busting shroom buzz the night before. <laughs> Bell, did you learn anything in school this week? Yeah. What'd you learn? The population of cats are detrimental to us as American people. <laughs> Oh, God oh, damn it. I've been saying shit for like a sec. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. No, fuck a cat. Listen. <laughs> yeah. feral, cats, feral cats. Feral cats. One of the three hundred invasive species, yeah. They are an invasive species. They're linked, is it 300, 340? Yes, 347 of the species that are on the... Uh, endangered species list are because of feral cats in North America. And there have been 60, 60 species worldwide recorded that have gone extinct because of feral cats. Yep. I've been this, using this, this crazy. I've been using oh, this, crazy. this exact type of information you're saying. I've been using this as mm. ammo as to why dogs are better than cats for the past like 10 years of my life, because I read a cracked.com article about this like 10 years ago because uh -huh. cats, because of the fact the feral cats, like in the wild, when an animal gets injured, like they die. Right. Well, when cats get injured, they run back home to the back home to their family. They get brought to the vet, they get fixed, they get brought back out and they're getting fed at home. So they're killing animals for sport. They're not, not even fucking eating them. Yes. All right. <laughs> also, this this is this is the craziest part that I've read the entire part about this because I read I read a bit into this. There are two thousand eighty four species of animals that cats kill every single year, from insects up to fucking big up to animals. up to one hey, recorded uh, cow. Yeah. So I think I think we just spread some some serious anti cat propaganda, and I think the cat did. lobby is. Gonna I be love very cats. Mad at us. Like, Don't I be like, a pussy. Like keep your cat, cat at home. I yeah, keep them at home. Fix them. For Get real. them spayed and neutered and shit. Yeah, yeah. Dude. Dan the cat lady. It is detrimental. It's to something. <laughs> we have this crazy cat lady in our neighborhood who runs around and collects all the cats and takes them in to get them fixed and stuff like that and. When I met her once, and I was like, "No, I'm on you. I'm on your side." <laughs> like everyone like hates her, but I was like, "No, I'm on your side." Corey, if only we Americans had the same had the liberty as those feral cats. Although they are taken care of by the government, which is you know the house that they go back to. So, pretty much, it's working okay for the cats. So yeah, so, so you much. see what you see what a welfare nanny state does for people. It turns them into a bunch of homicidal wild... maniacs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Uh, Corey, this is a, a bit local. Uh, a Michigan township fired their whole ass government, bro. And like, this is going to be a, an episode about liberty. I don't know if you saw it in the title. I don't know if I, you know, I don't know what I sound like when I say that. Some would say a Trump supporter. Others would just say like a reasonable libertarian. But here we are. Um, so Green Township, if I can find it here. There we go. Green Charter Township, a rural Michigan town voted to oust its entire local government on Tuesday. I believe this was last Tuesday uh, after the uh, town board approved a Chinese affiliated electric battery plant. Residents of Green Charter Township, Michigan, strongly disapproved of their local township board's a decision to to greenlight the construction of a Chinese connected electric vehicle battery plant in their community. A locksmith was even brought in Tuesday night to change the locks on the ousted officials, former offices. The offices are now empty. I don't, I don't know if they've been filled since. I don't really care. That's not the point of this story. Uh, the project was, <laughs> the, the project was expected to create more than 2,300 jobs as part of a $2.3 billion investment. So I find that really interesting. Because this was going to be a project that was going to bring jobs to Green Charter Township. And the people of Green Charter Township had principle and said, we are not going to help the uh, essentially government. The, the CCP uh, build their business right here in our town. How many places do you think would do that? Especially in this economy? Uh, in this economy? The 2,300 jobs would certainly be nice. Um, but uh, I guess I'll finish this real quick. So despite the backlash from residents, the board moved forward with the Chinese-affiliated project. Uh, quote, my family members fought communism and you're bringing it here, end quote, a local resident said last year. Don't know where this person was from. Um, when News Nation visited the, I'm reading from News Nation, sorry for anybody who doesn't like News Nation, whatever, it's still just a story. Uh, when News Nation visited the town, uh, the town in April, a resident named Carrie Ribo or Rebo, forgive me if I'm pronouncing, or Corey, God damn it, I can't read tonight. Corey Rebo, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing your name incorrectly. Hey, I like that name. <clears throat> uh, who had no experience in politics said, quote, I don't know uh, why they approved it other than somebody must be benefiting from it. And like, that's like a really, I guess, um, elementary way to say that, like, why would you be bringing this in so quickly for, and and doing business with the, with the CCP if, if there's not some form of um, government corruption going on here. Yeah. Um, Rebo then ran for clerk and won last night, uh, I believe, or no. So that would have been the eighth. What's today? The 13th. Yeah, so that would have been the eighth where uh, Rebo ran for county clerk or um, township clerk uh, and said, we just plan on making it as difficult as we possibly can for them to continue their process. They don't even have a they don't even have a site planned. They don't have permits yet. So we're not their friend. <laughs> Rebo said <laughs> uh, after <laughs> of how the, the new government is going to handle Goshen. I think Goshen is the name of the the Chinese company that wants to. Uh, to build their plan here. So like regardless of how you feel about like a Chinese battery plant going in your specific town, the point is like, this is just such a small little example of what happens when you, when you just have principles and when you, when you fight against the things that, that actually matter as opposed to what we see on the national scale where they keep having us argue about fucking uh, abortion and who can go into what bathroom. Um, cause the powers that be don't care about that kind of stuff. 
when you have a little bit of gumption and you have a little bit of uh, principle, like you, you, as people, we can actually make change because how many people, Corey, you know them, I know them, Bell knows them. Sometimes we're one of them that are just so nihilistic about the entire thing. It's like, what the fuck is the point? They have so much power. What are we going to do? Like, this is just like a small example of just a small town in Michigan going, fuck you. We're ousting our entire government and starting from scratch. I love it. I love this story. This is fantastic. This is, this is, this is, is anti-establishment and I guess, uh, anarchist as you could possibly be. What are your thoughts, Corey? No, you're right. Because we are a constitutional republic that is backstop or not backstop. Well, actually, yeah, no, kind of backstop by a, uh, representative democracy and for good or ill, the people have the say and the power over their government. And what it sounds like ultimately is the people said, we don't want this. Oh, and the local and the local government said, fuck you. We're going to do it anyways. And then the people said, no, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) And kicked their asses to the curb. Now, will this hurt the the city? That's up like this is that to be a little township. We're going to keep an eye on. Because who knows when you create a, a power vacuum, whether it's a coup or it's through elect the electoral process, it could go one of two ways. They can go to a shit show. Like who knows who they're going to be replacing these people with? It could end up being a a, uh, a Cinderella story. It could end up being a I don't know what's a really sad story that just ends really shitty. Don't look up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it could be it could be something bad. It could be something good. We'll have to see what the outcome is, but regardless of that, these people in this township put their money where their mouth was, and they put their vote where it mattered, and they kicked the people out because the representatives weren't doing what they wanted. They, they had their own little January sixth. No, they, no. they they arranged a coup. No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't squatters' rights. It was like through the right legislation process. So we'll yeah. see how it ends up. Right, ousted. Uh, but like that's what we can do. That's what we can do at the polls, folks. Like, like this is this is actually possible. You don't have to look at it as and and like, is it possible for us to like go out tomorrow and oust the entire federal government that way? Probably not. But this is proof that like when we talk about things like getting more involved in your local politics in your local government, like that's where this shit starts. That's where it's always going to have to start. This is why it shouldn't be a big federal government, but it should be bigger local governments decentralized as possible because these little people had more power in their little township than the American collective has as a whole. It's very strange, but it's, tr- it's, but it's very true. So yeah, get involved, get involved in your local politics. And this is why, because you can actually, you actually can invoke change at that level, which then can right. compound. And, and the cards it. haven't lied yet. This could end up being bad for them. Sure. But that doesn't matter yeah, because pretty- they chose for it. They, you know what I mean? Like the people chose it. My headphones are dying. Um, that's right. I should have some time. Anyway, um, yeah, we can move on from that unless you have unless you have any final thoughts about Green Township, Michigan. Nah, good for them. I hope it works out. The bullet cotton Mulaney, strategy. Corey. Speak. It's a bull, it's a bull it's cotton, cotton strategy. strategy. It's a bull sounded, strategy, cotton. That sounded very slavery. What you just said. Very pro slavery. Go fuck yourself. uh speaking of liberty Corey, it's a liberty heavy episode javier malay in his first day in office uh fulfilling some some certain campaign promises 
Uh, I did have them all in front of me here. Where did they go? Here we go. I don't know. Um, so Javier Malay, you may have seen this on um, certain social media platforms, but the big one that everybody seems to be talking about, the campaign promise that he fulfilled as his first day as president of Argentina, as the first ever elected, I think globally, uh, libertarian third-party candidate, which again, folks, you you don't think these things are possible. They're actually possible. Now, does it have to get, is it is it a, a thing where like it just, it has to get as bad as Argentina with 140% inflation or whatever the hell they have before the American people are finally like, oh, maybe we should try this thing over here. It might, it might that might be the case because they have one of the, 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 the worst economies in the world right now, especially the, the developed world. So uh, Javier Malay went out day one and this is what I think a, if a, if a libertarian president were actually elected in the United States would do. He went out and reduced the number of uh, federal ministries. Some reports are saying from 24 to or 21 to nine. Some are saying from 19 to 10 and or anywhere in the middle. The, the, the thing is, he cut federal ministries in half. On day one. Now, now they're not all, they haven't all been completely gone. Um, some of these ministries were absorbed into other ones. Um, you know, you can find out what those are if you're actually interested. The point is, this is like a situation where libertarian economics, it's really easy to make it make sense to people. Cut when fat. you have, when you have all of this inflation, you can literally get elected on going, I am not going to raise taxes. And I am still going to go swiftly forward at getting at least as close as we possibly can to balancing the budget because this is having the most efficient government possible. Yeah, this because this is a situation where you where you you see this in corporate America too. There's like a bunch of just middle management that just doesn't do anything. They're always the ones that that go when a company downsizes. Yeah, they think they're the, they think the, 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 their entire job is just like making sure they have a job the next day, like finding things to do. Like that is what a big federal government does. That's what our big federal government does. Just the amount <laughs> FBI. Of, I mean, I'll even give the even if you don't even want to go as far as the FBI. Like how many how many stupid desk jobs exist at like the Department of Transportation? You know how uh, how many? You have to ask Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but why you know, he lives four hours north of Traverse City? He's going to just go knock on his door. Hey, Pete. Um, <laughs> he's like, I'm not home. I'm on maternity leave. Go hey, Pete. Fuck Where does he yourself. live? Pete Buddha Judge. He lives in Traverse City. How does the How does the dude that is in charge of public transportation live in a city that is so far from any public transportation? I don't know, Bell, but you know what? Keep a fucking eye on that because it makes me think that he's jockeying for some sort of position in our local government. No kidding. There's literally like three Uber drivers in Traverse City. Yeah. I mean, he's. I fuck with the people of Traverse City. Eh, All right. I will keep an eye on that. It's more than public transportation. Yeah. Definitely keep an eye on that. But the the whole point of this is like. When one of the things that I love about libertarians and I don't love everything about libertarians, but I do love most things about libertarians. It's that like there just isn't any bullshit involved when they actually get elected to office. Now, some of them are full of shit, as any politician is. Um, but when you and, and who knows how well this will go for Javier Malay and and the entire 
um, country of Argentina. He's trying to dollarize the country as well. I believe one of the other things that he did, and I could be flubbing exactly what this what this policy he invoked was, but I think he basically just opened the money markets to where it's where, to where it's not just all about the peso anymore. Yeah, um, like he's uh he's he's uh leaning into like cryptocurrency and stuff. I think. But I think so, he also wants to bring in, like, make their currency, like, the American dollar, right? Yes. He wants to dollarize the country. Which led me to think, like, he's super anti-establishment. He's a very Trumpian-style guy. Um, I don't think he's anything like Donald Trump. I don't, other so than here's the, fact, the thing. Other than, other than the fact that he's, like, boisterous and curses like Donald Trump. Did. I don't give a shit if you're Trumpian, if your actions actually minimize the government's hand in my day-to-day activities and my day-to-day living shrinking the government shrinking the government like like, that goes to trump too like i don't give a shit how loud he is on twitter if what he was doing actually made the government less significant in my life now what trump did like what trump did was the opposite (laughs) <laughs> he didn't actually minimize anything that would make the government less in my life. He just made it to where people who make a hell of a lot more money than me could keep their money. And there's a big difference between between keeping the government out of your personal life and then keeping the government out of your pocket. I would like yeah. both, but he only went one with one and not the other. I mean... Keeping the government out of your pocket is a big part of it, but that's not yeah, that's not that's not everything. I mean, that's what that's what Javier Malay was was kind of running on with his platform because let's face it, it, it you know, it's the old adage, right? It's the economy, stupid. Like you 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 gotta figure out the economy. And inflation is our fault. Just get over it. Oh god, that Atlantic piece. Did you actually read that? Yeah, I had read as much as I could before I got the uh paywall. Before you got paywalled, got like it's yeah. who would pay? watch that shit oh it's her name jamie lowry i think yeah it's uh yeah yeah don't don't read it please people which is really fucking interesting right so i I was looking at a little bit earlier homegirl also wrote a book being a proponent for universal income now i'm okay with the government just giving me my money back when it comes to something like universal income but you don't think that that's also going to inf- uh, affect inflation? Yeah, I mean, I've said for a while that, like, if you, if if the if the federal government, this would never happen. But like in a in a in a wonderful alternate universe, if the federal government went, okay, we're not t- we're not collecting any more federal income tax. We're going to make money the same way everybody else makes money by providing value and getting people to pay for it, because that's exactly what everybody else does. That's what a good capitalist economy does, right? Um, and they just said, okay, no more taxes. And we're going to, we're, all, all I want, all I want is just every dollar that I've paid into federal taxes since I started working. Just pay me back. I don't even want any interest. Just give me back what, I, what you've already paid me or what I've already paid you. That'd be a lot of like, money. Those terms would be very acceptable to me. That'd be a lot of money. <laughs> Let's see if Javier Malay can deliver on something like that in Argentina for his. Uh, we move into Argentina, Dan. I mean, we. I mean, if we took our dollars, there, they got Wi-Fi there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what's so funny. Like the, so many of the people bitching about Javier Malay, like in the in the Twitter universe, 
they probably don't, I, I would guess that they don't even know, they couldn't point to Argentina on a map. I guarantee you they couldn't point to, point to Argentina on a map. I could. You know why? Because of the game Risk. That's fair. But do kids play it? I'm going to make sure my kid plays it. Bright now, bright nice is in the house, and no, it's 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 really similar to like the um, right nice, like when when you have all of the from the river to the sea college kids, right? They're out there spouting that stuff off, and then you go and you ask them like what river and what sea, and like the amount of them that don't know what the river or the sea is. <laughs> Which river are we talking about? Which sea are we talking about? They don't know. Yeah, I don't know the river. Jordan the River. Is, yeah. Oh, is Jordan it the river, Jordan dude. River? And the sea yeah. is the Red Sea, right? Isn't that Jordan? Is it the River it's Jordan? The it's the Mediterranean. Mediterranean. I thought it was. I thought it was That's the Euphrates. I, I thought it was the Euphrates. To be fair, no, I thought it was the, the Euphrates to you the know what? to the Mediterranean. You know why I'm okay with not knowing? Because I haven't postured to pretend that I give a shit about any of it. That's fair. That's very, very fair. <laughs> That's you fair. listen. If you're listening, this is the first episode you're listening to. You go back and listen to every episode since October 7th, and you'll hear me say both sides have committed war atrocities. Both sides have committed atrocities. Both sides committed war crimes. Both sides have their hands dirty. The only heroes, in my view, are the ones, are the doctors who are in those hospitals that are trying to save infants as they get bombed. And that we should be staying out of it and that let this quagmire not necessarily play out because people are dying. I think it's bullshit that people are dying. I don't think that any of us should be intervening in it. But those have been my stances on it since October 7th. So, yeah, Dan, I don't know the river or the sea because (laughs) (laughs) Corey, Corey, and I I want you to know this about yourself. What you just said makes you an unbearable anti-Semite. I'm the worst, even though I think I'm like. (laughs) Damn. I think I'm four percent Jew. Somehow uh, you're an so, anti. Somehow you're so an anti-Semite I'm, and uh and uh, an Islamophobe at the same time. You can't. You can't be a percentage of Jewish. I am ancestry.com baby. Based How on you? other, based on other family members who came from the same family tree as me. So I'm Jewish. So Israel, would you be four percent Israelite and Fuck yourself? At four percent. No, Jewish? Israel is a nationality. I'm four percent genealogy. I was about to say, my four percent Christian. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. Well, so that's what's also interesting about Judaism, right? Is that it's also it's a uh, a genealogy and a religion. Like I'm not Jewish. I don't wear a. Uh, I ce- I celebrate Christmas. I don't celebrate Hanukkah. <laughs> I don't have menorah on my table. Well, you I look know. Amish. I look Amish, <laughs> and I'm a little bit Jewish. Four <laughs> percent Ashkenazi Jew. This guy is. Yeah, but I still be safe in like 1939 Germany because I have blue eyes. Go fuck yourself. I just want to say though, before I, before I really bounce, I just want to say that I'm really excited about uh, Mr. Malay's campaign and uh, election and vote into presidency here. And keep, I'm, it, uh, keep it in mind. I am excited to see what happens because wait, Mr. Malay is who's that? Mr. Malay. It was a possessive oh, I, story. Keep up. Oh, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I have his name in oh. front of me and I'm looking at it and I'm like, there's no S on there. What the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> the possessive apostrophe. How uh, anyways? Libertarians uh, getting a shot here. I'm excited. Okay. Oh man. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I can't believe you. I can't believe you, man. Who who Dan? I know he's a piece of shit. Look at him. Don't get bogged down by all the haters out there. <laughs> all right, hey, let's hey, move on. Hey, 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 Bell. Bell, real quick, hop he's, back in real fast. He's lighting his bowl. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Silence is violence, you piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Corey. Well, I go find a charger. Well, I go find a charger for my headphones. Let's talk about liberty a little bit more. I want you to set this one up for us. Fuck, I was about to say, hey, I'm gonna go take a piss real quick. Why? Wow, what's up? Government intervention in the housing market. What could go wrong, Corey? Ooh, okay. So I don't know. Like, so it's it's tricky, right? Because very, very tricky. You like the idea of free market. You like the idea of non-government interventionalism. But there's a current bill which. Which is funny, right? Because any bill that's actually that is actually like proposed that's supposed to help the American people usually gets shot down. But right now we got this uh, hedge fund housing bill on the on the docket, and the hedge fund housing bill is a proposed legislation that aims to ban hedge funds and other large investors from from owning and controlling large numbers of single family homes in the U.S. The bill, of, the bill officially called the End Hedge Fund Control of American Homes Act of 2023 was introduced by Democrats in Congress on Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. The bill's sponsors argue that hedge funds have made it more difficult for middle-class Americans to become homeowners and have contributed to the housing affordability crisis and wealth inequality. They say that hedge funds impose high rents, fees, and evictions on tenants, and drive up home prices for buyers. The bill would impose a $20,000 federal tax penalty per single family home owned in, ex- in excess of 100 by hedge funds and other investors. It would also require them to sell off all of the, sell off all the homes they currently own to families over a 10-year period. The bill is a response to the growing trend of hedge funds and other institutionalized and other institutional investors buying up large portfolios of single family homes especially after the 2008 housing crisis. According to the Urban Institute, as of June 2022, large hedge funds and other institutional investors owned roughly 574,000 single-family homes in some markets such as Atlanta and Phoenix. Hedge yeah, funds bought more than charger. In some markets such as Atlanta and Phoenix, hedge funds bought more than 40% of homes for sale in 2021. The bill sponsors say that hedge funds target homes in neighborhoods with significantly larger back populations and more single mothers than the national average. The bill faces an uncertain future in Congress, Dan, as it may face opposition from Republicans and some Democrats who are wary of interfering with the housing market or imposing new taxes. Some critics also argue that hedge funds provide a valuable service by renovating and maintaining homes that would otherwise be vacant or dilapidated. The bill may also face legal challenges from hedge funds and other investors who claim that it violates their property rights or the Constitution. The bill has not yet been assigned to a committee or scheduled for a vote. 
So to your to your point before you started reading all that, Corey, the um this is this is murky ground because right, I I I don't like the idea of the federal government getting involved in the free market. Right. But big corporations also using their large sums of money in a sort of monopolistic way is also not conducive to the free market. To to buy so yeah, it's like it's almost like if like hedge funds got together, right? Because everybody needs a home, right? Everybody needs shelter, right? Well, I guess you don't have to have it. Um, but it's it's almost like if like hedge funds got together and just like bought up all the fresh water, you know, or just bought up, you know, like a huge chunk of of, of like the fresh water in the Great right. Lakes and said you can only use a certain percentage of this unless you pay for it. Because like we're not charged for water. We're charged by the water companies to or by you know, by the water department to have the water delivered to our homes and clean. We're not, yeah, and cleaned most of not, the time, unless you live in Flint. We're not really, yeah, <laughs> we're not really paying for the water. Um, and so it's 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 really interesting because I look at this and I go, there have to be better ways other than trying to break up hedge funds' ability to buy single family homes. Because here's the way I look at this, right? As I sit here and I kind of read the bullet points of this bill, uh, the bill defines a hedge fund as a the uh, the the bill defines a hedge fund as uh, partnerships, corporations, or real estate investment trusts that pool funds from investors and have fifty million dollars or more in net value or assets under management. So you don't think that these billionaires are smart enough to realize that all they have to do is just break these things up into smaller companies to where they're for, to where they're worth forty nine million dollars as opposed to fifty million dollars, or find a way to cook the books to make sure that that what the the worth of the the quote unquote hedge fund is is lower than that. And they, they just continue to buy up these houses. Like these, these, these things don't work and, and don't get me wrong. I want there to be more houses available to people and hedge funds, not buying as many of them would help with that. I get that. I just feel like there has, and I don't have the answer, but I feel like there has to be a better way to keep that from happening other than the government just going, we're making it illegal for you to do this thing now. No, I get what you're saying. Because we're all just hopeful mil- billionaires that could one day buy up millions of homes. Well, but, and, okay, so let's let's look at it from the libertarian perspective now, right? Like, what's one thing that could help? Uh, reducing zoning regulations and making building more possible in more areas. Because if, if, if I'm now able to build a home in an area that I couldn't build it before, if there's just more property available to buy for certain use... That's automatically going to drive the price of property Increases down. supply, lowers the demand, basic economics, yeah. But there is a finite amount of land. Understood, but we, dude, we got a shitload of it. <laughs> I mean, sure, but you also have to think about like where jobs are, where people are actually working. Like I could probably, if I wanted to right now, afford a house and land in the UP, but there ain't no jobs up there. You got to get you some remote work. Maybe I'm biased because of the fact I'm in the middle of searching for a house. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm sure you, I'm sure you would like it, <laughs> but it's just a, a, like a, in a free market, a free market typically implies what? Like a, uh, a not necessarily an advantage to other people, but like an equal playing field of sorts. And we're at the, we're kind of sort of in the end stages of capitalism to where that we're like you get people who aren't getting a fair shake in the free market because of years and years and years of 
government intervention, allowing people with big pocketbooks to be able to take advantage of the system. To yeah, housing is kind of its housing is kind of its own special animal, right? Because it's a thing where you're not, um, you're not competing for anything that's like a tangible good right yeah. so we're like when there's a protectionist policy that it keeps you know like a tariff um on uh i don't know tin cans for example to protect the jobs of some tin you mean can what i live in? in kentucky i meant literal tin cans uh but yeah close enough um it, it, drives up the price of tin cans, which drives up the cost of, of the goods that are put into that tin can and where protectionist policies tend to fall short of like, yeah, okay, we saved a few jobs here and there, but we failed to realize that the people of the jobs that we saved, those workers are also fucking consumers who are now paying more money for the good. Housing's not really like that. So it is a little more complicated in that way. So I guess I kind of see the point. Um, yeah, and, like, just, and this just, isn't coming know. after. This isn't coming after someone who is like you know, like I worked hard, I bought a house, I used the equity to buy a second house to be a landlord of, and bought property to create asset to build wealth. We're, this is people going in and buying, uh, like for example, in Atlanta, Twenty-one uh, percent of the homes in Atlanta, nineteen percent of the homes in Memphis, eighteen percent of the homes in Birmingham, being bought by one or two companies of corporate investors. We're talking BlackRock. We're talking State Street. We're talking uh, what's the other one? Vanguard. Vanguard. We're talking companies like that who have like it's just it's an unfair practice. We're in a free market. Ultimately, in a free market, you want it to be as free as possible. And in it being free is more of an equal playing field versus the sleight of hand being for someone, whether it's government intervention or a monopolistic like weight on the market. One is it is kind of it's interesting too because it is this sounds like our libertarian friends are going to be upset about this, but well, that's why um, I'm small L libertarian. I'm not big L libertarian. Yeah, so it it is one of those interesting things where if you're talking about one of these hedge funds, one of these giant corporations buying up whatever you said, 19 percent of homes in Memphis or whatever, whatever the number is, doesn't really matter. That's 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 a big chunk of homes. That's like that's one fifth of the homes that were available in the Memphis area. You're automatically going to drive the price of homes up just by that much because you've now right, removed because these houses aren't the being bought. The market. Like, and that's the thing is like these houses aren't being bought, renovated. These houses aren't showing up stolen. on this old house or any shit like that. They're, They're not held being and sold. They're being held and rented. Mm-hmm. And these yeah, people so, are sitting here paying the same equivalent to a mortgage on a house that they're renting and they're not building wealth to where in America, one of the biggest ways for upward mobility in building actual wealth is home ownership. Yeah, I'm not normally the kind of person who likes to sit here and like shit on corporations or billionaires. Um, in this instance, I'm I'm open to it. My thing is this, and I'm not smart enough to figure this out. And if we have any listeners out there that could that could break this down to us. We'll be happy to have you on. It's just the fact that it's, it's a bill that's has the government intervening in the open market. It sounds really good. I don't 
really see an issue, but you know, Corey, you know, there's going to be an issue somewhere. You know, there's going to be a consequence to this. If this bill actually passes a negative. Yeah, no, there is. I just, and I don't know what it is. Yeah. And so for the lack of not knowing what the third, fourth or fifth consequences are, it, uh, because of that, it's easier for me to say that. Yeah, no, the, these corporations need to stop because it's, it's, it's market manipulation ultimately. Yeah, there will be there will be a consequence. There well, will we also be a so there needs to be a two pronged approach to this. Then, right? Like they need to figure out a way to actually create a bigger supply of houses. Well, one way to do that is to um, reduce zoning laws. That's one way to do it. Another another way to do it is to Maui, Hawaii, is a perfect example of that. Of another another of way is, is another way is to try to push the market into a deflation. Um, not not simply just raising interest rates because that doesn't put the market in a deflation. That just slows inflation to the point where it's not quite as bad as it was before. Instead right. of because the Fed's only job, it's two. funny you say that because the Fed's only job is to try is their goal. Like they they have a dual mandate mandate. It's called. And it's to keep inflation around 2% and to keep unemployment around 3.5%. That's all they do. They don't give a shit about how much money you make. They don't give a shit about your upward mobility. It's That's that's the only monetary policy there is. 2% year over year, which yeah. people don't even... That's why I hate I hate when you see like these... These pro Biden inflation uh, is down, propping up inflation's down. <laughs> inflation's okay, down. So instead of my <laughs> instead of my dollar being nine percent less year uh, over and year, nine, and then nine percent less again, five. now it was nine percent and then seven percent. So it's still, but that compound less. That compound, so but Dan, inflation yeah. is your fault. It's like the same amount of people don't understand inflation is like people that don't know who what the river and the sea are, Corey. Like it's just like this just it's like the same percentage of people. They literally just think that it's prices like rising. That whole uh, that whole home alone thing going along right now. Oh yeah, the the home alone shopping list yeah. uh, all over uh social media. So like with two percent inflation compounded a year over year over year, right? Like Home Alone Since one came out in what nineteen ninety one. Yeah, his shopping list was nineteen dollars, and then in like and then in twenty twenty uh, one, I think it was like forty dollars or something like that. And there was like seventy something, which makes sense. Like you know, twenty years later, two percent over twenty years. You know, like it being almost double, like yeah, that's that makes sense. But then going from forty to seventy bucks in two years, it's like holy fuck. Yeah. No wonder why I'm not able to save money. But what's funny is like things like food and gas and uh, things like that aren't included in the inflation because <laughs> they, they they always go by based on like the core inflation, not the actual inflation. I might have that mixed up. It might be reversed, but it doesn't. It, it you're never going to convince these people. I, I I I don't know. What do you mean these people? Them people. Those people. Them bitches. These hoes. <laughs> Go fuck them yourself. bitches and these hoes. Uh, Corey. Will conservatives what? ever be satisfied with abortion legislation? And will liberals ever stop fear-mongering abortion legislation? Not until every single woman who gets pregnant dies. 
on both for both? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's what's what what is the story of this young woman? The the Kate Cox story. Is it Cox? Kate Cox. Yeah, Katie Cox. I got it. I just really wanted to say Cox like six times in a row. Uh, I was wanting to make a joke about Katie Cox taking too many cocks, but I just did. Mm, so, but she didn't. She's a faithful married woman who wanted to have a baby in Texas. No, yeah, uh, that was it. Was that was an uncouth joke? But what's happening to this poor woman is absolutely just gross. It's disgusting. This poor woman who isn't, who's the one, oh, I forget her name, but she's the one that's like, I was happy with my abortion. Uh, I forget who it was, but this girl clearly, there, were, there was a woman who said that like she was proud of her abortion or whatever. Hey, Bell, look outlier, that up real quick. Yeah, Bell, look up real quick. It's it's a name. As soon as I hear it, I'd be like, yeah, that's her. I guess look up uh, woman who proclaims she's happy of her abortion. Is it Chelsea uh, Miller? maybe <laughs> don't get bogged Anyways, down by all the uh, haters out there <laughs> um where's my notes oh yeah so uh katie cox she has two kids and a husband and she lives in the state of texas who right now has one of the most restrictive abortion policies as you could imagine and my headphones what just, go ahead keep going uh, she right now, what is happening with her unborn child has trisomy 18, which trisomy 18 occurs at a rate of one to 2000 to six, between one and 2000 to 6,000 lives births. It is somewhat more common as the mother ages, but can occur randomly as parents of, at, of two parents of any age. Most babies affected are girls. There is no known cause for trisomy 18. Studies have shown that 50% of babies who are carried to term will be born alive, but the median of survival among live births is very between 2.5 and 14.5 days. About 90 to 95% of babies do not survive beyond the first year, and many live only a few days. So she has been diagnosed with this terrible, terrible debilitating like problem with her infant. So, and what also what, what happens with this what also happens with this is the fact that this can also affect future births, right? Like you, you go through this scenario to where like they might have to come to a C-section or anything like that, but it seriously affects the chances of you being able to bring a viable baby to earth afterwards. Um, so this woman, she went to the courts and was like, Hey, uh, under Texas law, under extreme circumstances, when it comes to detrimental health for the woman or the child, there might be exceptions for an abortion. Because I think right now they're at six weeks. After six weeks, no abortion. And uh, she went there and tried to get it, and they basically told her no. A lower court actually said that she could get, like, they, they went to impose a restraining order against the laws that would be imposed against her if she had an abortion but then the higher court said no the texas supreme court shut it down yeah and so the the actual supreme court statement is no one disputes that miss cox's pregnancy has been extremely complicated any parent would be devastated to learn of their unborn child's trust me 18 diagnosis the court wrote some difficulties of pregnancy however even serious ones do not pose the heightened risk to the mother the exception encompasses 
So they said because of the chance that the mother. So basically paraphrasing, because the mom might survive, got to have that baby even if it's going to die after. Yeah, this one is um, this is really interesting to me because uh, it was even the was it the um, the Texas uh, um, Ken Paxton? No, the um, the prosecutor. Um, the AG Ken Paxton. Yeah, the AG, yeah, yeah. That's, is that what you said? Ken, sorry, Paxton. I'm having a hard time hearing you because my uh, headphones are fucked up. But um, yeah, the what's interesting is like, yeah, we can't allow this to go through because the, the what was it the, the the illness and the possibility of death is not enough to um, basically say that an abortion is okay. So thankfully for this this lady. She has the means or had the means to go out of state. She has had her abortion. Um, I don't remember. I don't know where, but she did go out of state to get it. And then you're I I don't even know if I want to say it in case Ken Paxton listens to this podcast. Well, I'm sure you can (laughs) read it somewhere. Uh, Yeah. uh, Fuck you, Ken Paxton. Uh, What a piece of shit. Fuck you, Ken Paxton. Like Elon said, fuck yourself. Um, yeah, so she she was able to to get the procedure done, um, which is great. But like, this is one of those situations where it's like, what if she didn't? Like, what if she didn't have the means to travel to a different state and get it done? And like, I understand that. The thing I hate about this entire case is, it's just it's one of those outliers that each side of this debate is, and it doesn't mean it's meaningless, right? It's fucked up what this woman went through. I'm not trying to 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 poo poo that at all, but it's like when you. Like t- to take this one single case and use it politically to support your side is completely disingenuous to me. I see what you're saying, yeah. But at the same time, this scenario, this story, is the fruition of the literal fear mongering that people would put towards abortion legislation that women would die. And that people could be seriously harmed if reproductive health care wasn't uh, like accessible. Like this woman had to leave her state because in her state she couldn't get the proper the proper medical care for doctors to practice medicine to save her life. I can't hear you again. Sorry. <laughs> Goddamn wireless headphones. Come on, Elon Musk. Where's your batteries? But uh, so another thing is like, and like, here's the thing is like, and it's not like, no, I like, can't. What, that's what's so frustrating way. is because this poor girl, it's not like she wanted to have an abortion. Cox had cesarean surgeries during her first two pregnancies. Her lawsuit argued that inducting, inducing labor would carry a risk of uterine rupture because of her prior C-sections. And that another one at full term would endanger her ability to carry another child. Like she wants another child. Yeah. This wasn't a mistake. This was planned. Yeah. She wants another baby. Well, no, no. Okay. That's what I was going to say about what Ken, what Ken Paxton said about how like the, the, you know, the, the, the possibility that the baby could die or the, the possibility of, of an, of a non-viable pregnancy in the future is the problem. Well, if your argument as a pro-life person is that we need to bring more babies into the world, and that's why abortion is bad. You completely fucked over your own argument because now this baby is probably going to die, and now right. you've made it more difficult for this woman to bring a, a, another child in, yeah. into the world. 
It makes no fucking and sense. That's what's, it's so fucking gross. Paxton mounted an aggressive defense to try to prevent Cox from having an abortion. He sent three Houston hospital letters, warnings of legal consequences, both criminal and civil. If they allowed in Cox, if they allowed Cox's physician to provide the procedure, he also argued that Cox had not that Cox had not demonstrated that her life was at imminent risk, including noting that she was sent home after her multiple visits to the emergency room. Well, Dan, she was sent home after her multiple visits to the emergency room. Now, this is anecdotal evidence right here, but this kind of pisses me off because you know who was also sent home from the fucking emergency room? My fucking cousin who died from COVID. Yeah. Like that's, yeah, like that's a, she was sent home. And aren't these the same people that are like, Hey, don't trust medical professionals after what we went through with Fauci. And like, don't get me wrong. They weren't wrong with all that stuff, but it's like, so this goes back to what I learned this week. Absolutism and bullshit policy leading to nothing but hypocrisy. Yeah. No, that's fucking gross. You want to talk about, and this should be screamed about at the tops because I'd love to see a, uh, was it Greenville township in Michigan? Green, Green Township. Green Township? Yeah. That's Green Township fucking Texas after this. That's absolute fucking garbage. Well, this is why, because there's way too many intricacies and there's way too many variables in every single pregnancy that none two are alike, that daddy government should not be coming in and doing any sort of legislation against your personal health and your personal body autonomy. And it goes further than abortions, even. This goes for mandates for any sort of fucking vaccine, mm-hmm. any sort of physical, fuck it, anything. We live, we're supposed to live in a free country. These guys all shroud themselves in the American flag and say, fuck communism. But then any chance that they can get where it's an inconvenience to them, they embrace it. Yeah, it's really interesting that neither side of like the abortion debate, because generally, if you're pro life, your anti-mask mandate, anti-vaccine mandate, or if you were, or if, and if you're pro-choice, you were pro-mask mandate. Like neither side of, of this debate has any moral high ground to stand on when it comes to body autonomy anymore. So they don't even say it anymore. Neither side even says anything about it at this point. I, it's the I guess the other side of this debate that I would bring up. Like I think Texas was wrong here. I think this is fucked up. I think what this woman went through was was I'm 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 happy she had the means to be able to get out to another state um, and have the procedure done. And I hope her and her husband have a happy and healthy baby after this. Like I'm rooting for these people. I get it. Um, however, the fear mongering over abortion laws coming from the left, it using this particular case is interesting to me as well because what other case is there, Corey? Like this is like it, it, like if this is and you and you you brought up this point a little bit earlier in the discussion about how you know um you know how many women have to die or you know how many unborn babies have to go unfed and, and all this stuff like these are all the arguments that folks that the pro the pro or the pro choice people use but they can't come up with any case studies on any of this stuff except for a handful of times here and there once in a while um. Now, is some of that because some of it doesn't get out because, you know, as we know, uh, what is it? Uh, 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 lost white girl syndrome is a thing, right? It's the it's the Nancy Grace thing where if a missing if a missing girl is white, it'll be all over HLN. But meanwhile, there's 50 missing black and brown girls every day. Is is this another one of those things? 
I suppose it could be. I hope that's not the case. Right. The worthy but unworthy victims. You have you have the fucking fear-mongering lefty grifters like Occupy Democrats that will take this fucking case and plaster it all over their 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 Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages as if it as is as if it proves that somehow abortion legislation is destroying the country. I, I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. I wish Roe hadn't been overturned. If I had my druthers, it would still be law. I understand why it was overturned. However, I wish it wasn't. And we said this when it first happened. Like, this isn't going to be the end of the world for abortion. This isn't going to be the end of the world for uh, the pro-choice movement. But they take cases like this and go, see, this is happening everywhere. Okay, then show me where it's happening everywhere. True, but again, this is their fear-mongering coming to fruition. You understand what I'm saying? Like they said, like the the people on the left, they said like this is these are the type of things that will happen. And this may only be one case. And God, like I feel bad for Kate Cox. I feel bad for her family. And I pray this is the only case that this happens with. But it happened. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it it's happening. Whether it's one or it's a hundred. You got a whole family whose lives are being fucked over because daddy government decided to intervene. I guess. I mean, yeah, sure. You know I what I mean? It. Like, like I'm, I, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not saying you're trying to diminish it because it is just one case. No, I'm not. But I, I know, I, and I, I know, and think, I'm not saying that. But I what I'm think, saying is, this is literally what the left said would happen or the liberals said. What I guess happened. what I would say is it's like what the pro-choice crowd is doing with this type of case is they're trying to say that it happens everywhere, which it doesn't. They're kind of boy who cried wolfing it. Like it is an issue. It is a problem. It's fucked up. What happened to her? It's just their confirmation bias getting confirmed. Yes, it's their boy who cried wolfing it. I guess which I 100 percent agree with is the issue that I have. But I feel like we're both on the same page that this shouldn't be happening. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What happened to this woman is fucked up. Don't grift off her abortion. You know, it's not like it's a case where she just like. And this is another thing. This is another problem that I have with. She had to leave the state. Yeah, (laughs) this is this is another problem that I have. But that also goes that that also goes to say what we were saying before. Where when it goes down to the states, that you could like so that makes you wonder like how affluent she is like so there's a lot of intricacies to it right because how many people couldn't afford to just uproot and leave the state to take care of this? Well, I mean, you could free market, and it also makes me wonder, Corey. You could free market it, throw it on GoFundMe. I'm sure there's plenty of you know pro-choice people. It also makes me wonder. So. Is the state going to pursue going after doctors in the other state? Are we going to see a Supreme Court case? Or are we going to see this case get brought up to the Supreme Court? Like, is Ken Paxton going to go after these doctors out of state? I hope he does, because I feel like our Supreme Court right now would shoot him down. Yeah, the, the horrible fascist Supreme Court that we have that's been, like, surprisingly good. <laughs> My dad says, Troy Beaumont emergency room is visiting. Mom says, hi, I think. Could be drugs. <laughs> yeah, shout out to my mom right now. She had to run to ER. Her uh, her sciatica, which we think it is, is really fucking with her. So, thoughts and prayers. 
Juju. Yeah, the last thing I would leave, the last thing I'll leave this with, just because I, I spent a little bit of time shitting on the 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 liberal grift of the abortion debate. That's because Occupy Democrats brought it up, and we just fucking hate them. One of the things, well, it's not just them, but one of the things that annoys me about like the conservative side of this argument is that they sit there and they they pretend like they care about the babies, but like this woman is literally not going to be able to have babies after her baby dies. That's one thing. That's one thing. But what I was going to say was just to add to that is they they sit there and they act like there's a bunch of like pro pro choice women out there that just go up go out and get knocked up intentionally just so just they can have an abortion. abortion. Yeah. I'm like, going to just oh, I'm gonna stick it. I'm going to stick yeah. it to Matt Walsh and Ben Shapiro by going Oh, you don't want me to have an, have an abortion? abortion. I'm going to have an abortion even harder. Yeah. I hope they're twins. <laughs> like, I hope we get to scramble triplets brains. Yeah, I hope that I have quintuplets and when I just spit them out. I don't know. I don't mean that. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it it fucking sucks, dude. Like this poor girl, like her baby isn't going to survive. Let's finish with this one, Corey. A little bit of fun, a little bit of a fun one. Alex Jones back on Twitter. Tell us again how nuanced freedom of speech actually is. Piers Morgan, a man who considers himself a basically a free speech absolutist, had to come out and say free speech has its limits. You like how you like you like how people always hedge that bet. Free speech uh, I hate that limit. fucking saying cuz you know what? If some if these motherfuckers would actually come out and say free speech has its consequences? Yes. I would agree 100%. Free speech, free speech has speech its consequences. Does Free speech does have its consequences. Well, Corey, you know, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. No, you can. <laughs> yes, you absolutely can. Because if of no fire, or it, if you're in a play where it requires the actors to shout fire, those are two examples. Oh, no, like, remember me saying before, like, if you're in a theater and you yell fire and everyone just goes, shut the fuck up, doofus, <laughs> you know, and then and that's it, then you said it and there was no consequences. But if you <laughs> yell fire and the outcome of that is like a riot and someone gets trampled because everyone's freaking out and running. You incited a riot. Now your your words, your words became actionable. Your words became actionable. Free speech has consequences. If you go down to the city and you start saying some dumb shit at a bar and someone knocks you on your fucking ass, your free speech had consequences. Wow. Did you make it actionable? Should you be the one that's prosecuted for getting punched in the face? <laughs> it depends on what you say. If it's hate speech. Oh, I guess yeah. we don't like. I honestly speech. believe that like if you say something really fucking stupid and someone knocks you on your ass because of it. Depending on what you said, I guess, like, I don't know, street justice, I guess. Oh, God, I don't want to sound like an older Gen Xer or, or a younger boomer right now, but it's like the whole. I'm going to sound like one. I already know it. If you have to say that, you know, you're going to sound like one. There's just no, there's just no accountability for people saying what they say these days. Nobody has any accountability. It used to be you went to the bar and you said something mean. You get your, you get your mouth punched in. Now, now we can't do that anymore. These young kids. No, that's true. Like I've met, I've met way too many people these days to, you know, this makes me sound like a boomer, right? I've met way too many People these days that you can tell just have never been punched in the face. They've never been in a fight. Don't yeah. get bogged down by all the haters out there. <laughs> He's probably one of them. George Santos is probably one of them. Punched in the face. 
Go I got this fuck guy yourself. I love him, to, love him to death, but he says a lot of shit where I've actually said to him, like, to his face, like, you've never, never been decked in the face before, have you? And he's like, no. I was like, I can tell. Somebody's going <laughs> to change that. Somebody's going to change that one day. I'll prosecute you. I'll press charges. Because some people just have uniquely punchable faces, Dan. Yeah, I'm looking. Oh, yeah, so Alex Jones is back on Twitter. Good, glad, I'm happy. What's next? <laughs> There's not more nuance to it than that. Well, what's the nuance? The nuance of free. No, I'm, I look. I've never found Alex Jones to be uh, as dangerous as he's kind of portrayed. Well, that that's the thing is he wasn't dangerous until he was portrayed as dangerous. He would have been stuck in his little info world's little bubble of conspiracy theories and things like that until he got blown up saying that he needed to be canceled, bringing other people to see what he was saying. Yeah. It's so the, he, it's the, uh, it's the, uh, what's her face the the Barbara Streisand effect. Yeah. So he, he got booted off of Twitter after the Sandy hook comments, which he is, he had, which nobody even, nobody even talks about this. And look, I'm no Alex Jones defender, but I will defend people when they deserve to be defended, defended for the reasons that they deserve to be defended for. And like Alex Jones did walk that back. Nobody ever talks about that. He did apologize for that. But again, if you apologize to the mob, what happens? You just get piled on uh, even further. And what he said was fucking stupid. And like, I was pissed. Hey, at him he's a it. fucking idiot. It was not good. And like, he's the kind of guy, he's one of those guys. It's like, cause people, people say this to me a lot. They go, well, you know, uh, Alex Jones has gotten a lot, of, gotten a lot of things right. And how do I respond to that? Yeah, I go, cause Alex Jones got a lot of, of things wrong. I'll, Alex Jones is the kind of person that throws a, a hundred things at a wall. And three of them come out right. And like, that's not insignificant. Like when he's right, we should have the conversations about him being right. Um, but like, do he's I got, think that he incited he's violence? He's right equivalent to the batting average of like a decent batter, which is like 0.3. <laughs> well, batting 300, that's, you know, getting a hit one, one out of every three. Times. Yeah. But like, if you bat 300, you're like, you're like, hall of fame bound yeah you are <laughs> um but yeah so I, I don't i like that he's back on twitter i think it's a good move by elon he should be on twitter he's 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 the kind of guy that like if you are so afraid of these horrible terrible ideas that hurt people and you think that he's one of those people then you like, shouldn't be on twitter well that's true but also you should have these these thoughts should be on twitter they yeah. just should be. I want to know what they are. I want them easily exactly. accessible. I need what a bad idea is to convey what a bad idea is. How hard is that? How I just don't understand how hard that is to grasp. I just don't get it. How do you combat a bad idea if you don't know what it is? Yeah. How do you fight a war if you don't know understand your enemy? How do you know how to combat ideas? Yeah, how do you even know how to combat and shoot down bad ideas Dude, unless you know what a bad idea is? That's the biggest. That's the biggest issue we have. Like, why business. do you think? Like, like break that really down. Like, why do you think DeSantis had a debate with Newsom to sharpen his sharpen his artillery to sharpen his? You know what I mean? Like to get more into the practice of debating to sharpen his knives to sharpen his knives, brother. 
Shit, you have that. you have you have to understand your enemy to combat it, and I think that's why we have such stupid fucking discourse online. It's why nobody can have a legitimate debate. It's why you can't sit here and, and like have a nuanced debate and d- even disagreement about like something like Israel Palestine because nobody actually understands that the battle that the, the cultural battle that they're fighting. They don't because under- they don't understand the other side because the other side has been silenced in their silo. So they have no idea what they're actually even arguing against. And there's so there's so much of that. I am really happy to report, at least, I guess I'm not reporting anything, but this is just kind of how I feel. That sort of stuff is going away, or, or, or at least it's starting to, to, to backtrack the other way because the media that I uh, read, the media that I listen to, there's like people are fucking starving for nuanced conversations. And the, the silent the silent might or the, the the vocal minority you know is still out there trying to cancel people is still out there talking about how um alex jones is this horrible human being that needs to be silenced forever he's a moron but i think he's pretty fucking harmless i mean altogether seriously i think he's harmless well how can you say that he incited violence against sandy hook parents i'm like did he like if i come on here and i say that um I don't know. I think uh, I, I think Bell's an asshole, and uh, he's just a horrible human being. And somebody that's a sycophant of mine goes to Bell's house and tries to kick his ass. Am I responsible for that? What I just said was inaccurate, but some sycophant of mine decides that he's going to go beat Bell's ass. Am I responsible for that? So Alex Jones saying that Sandy Hook was fake, he's an asshole for doing that, 100%. And then his fans go out and decide to harass people over it. I'm sorry. I just, I don't see how he's culpable for that. Right. Even if he is a dick about it and he is a dick about it or was, I should I, say. I'll tell you, just fucking, there a bunch of actors, uh, little, uh, interdimensional child molesters, yeah, inter- uh, interdimensional space demons. That's my favorite one. Interdimensional child molesters. I think he's funny. They dude. smell like sulfur. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them—they're demons. You can you can just you can see it in their eyes. Shut us crap. We need to get some Alex Jones sound bites on here. That I miss it. I, I for that reason, I actually kind of miss Alex Jones. He did provide some entertainment for me. I do think he's do think he's a little bit silly. He's just a silly boy. He's a showman. He's a lot like Tucker Carlson, right? Like like Tucker Carlson's like a a mild version, right? Of of. Uh, of of Alex Jones, but he's the kind of guy like you get him if you get somebody else interviewing him. He's just he's actually a pretty smart dude. Not not so much Alex Jones, but uh Tucker. Like he's a he's a pretty decently smart guy. But when he's doing his show, interviewing the people that he's interviewing, he's a showman. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, he's a showman. Like you can't really fact. take Tucker as Tucker on his show. <sighs> Anyway, do you have anything anyway. else? Can we end this train wreck of a show? Yeah, we're eventually going to get to kill switches and cars. We'll we'll save that one for next week. I hope there's no uh, echo after I had to take my headphones off. They died on me. I knew that was going to happen. I, hadn't char- I don't I hear an echo. I haven't charged them in front. You know what I've had to do, though, for the first time ever, I think, in the, in the two years we've been doing this show, roughly, is I've had to take a piss like a racehorse. I'm usually pretty good at that. Well, before you go, Corey, tell the people where they can find us, and then you can, and then I will excuse you while I close this thing. Oh, close thanks. this thing out. The Absurd Podcast is found on all social media and 
podcast platforms. Our website is absurdofshow.com, and we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at LibservativePod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at LibservativePod at gmail.com. For now, subscribe today. That's right. And for Bell the Body Snatcher on the ones and twos, he's been Corey Walsh. He's been Dan Griffin. And as always, to intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy, for now, for now, we are out of here. Peace. We the people cannot stand that.